It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. It's summertime, and you've been scouring Instagram for your hashtag body goals because you're convinced that your body is hashtag unacceptable. As the temperature rises, so does your anxiety. As the threat of bikinis and booty shorts looms, you turn to your trusty dieting trend as an escape. Spoiler alert, you're about to find out your buddy, the diet, has been secretly undermining you the whole time. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Johnson. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. This is episode 400. Thank you to all of our listeners, whether this is your very first or your 400th time tuning in. Full disclosure here, I am a psychologist that follows a health at every size approach with my patients. I do not assume health or lack thereof based on the size of a person's body. I am of the firm belief that there are many types and sizes of bodies that are healthy. A common misconception about health at every size practitioners is that we are against weight loss and that is wholly untrue. Many of my patients engage in weight loss without engaging in diet culture, and many more grow to accept and love their bodies without the need to change a number on the scale. I am here to blow a lid off diets. Again, this is all information that is out in the world, but no one listens. I am prepared to be ignored as well. Here goes. Diets don't work. In 2007, there was a review of the long-term outcomes of calorie-restricting diets to assess whether dieting is an effective treatment for obesity. These studies show that one-third to two-thirds of dieters regain more weight than they lost on their diets. The findings of the review led the authors to summarize that there is little support that dieting leads to long-term weight loss or health benefits. Diet culture as we know it pushes particular images of beauty and leads us through a myriad of fad diets that few people have the capacity to follow long-term. Moreover, intense restriction often leads us through a binge dieting cycle as it encourages us to have an unhealthy relationship with food, which I will review in this episode. 
Diet culture encourages us to restrict. The first part of the diet binge cycle is the process of restriction. Diet culture tends to encourage us to follow external rules about food, and often these rules are extremely rigid. For example, a diet that says you can't eat anything after 6 p.m., and if you absolutely must eat something, it can only be a slice of toast with a glass of water. Other forms of restriction could be intense calorie counting, removing certain foods from your acceptable list without a medical reason for doing so, and frequent detoxing. This can lead us to feel like food is in control of our lives instead of fuel for our body, and in many ways, a pleasure. Diet culture teaches us to be deprived. The second part of the diet binge cycle is typically feeling deprived. Do you know how it feels to be hungry for days on end or to have intense cravings for foods that you can't have? When you are deprived, you tend to start obsessing about food. I have so many patients come to me and say things like, I can't wait until my cheat day, or I'm going to eat an entire cake on day 31 of this whole 30. For some, these deprivation states are counterproductive to weight loss, as the overeating phase can negate any weight loss that occurred. Additionally, deprivation is often confused with discipline, when really it's teaching you to punish yourself. Diet culture can lead to more overeating. Restriction and deprivation are one extreme on the swing of a pendulum. After deprivation typically comes a form of overeating or binging. All those off-limits foods are now on your mouse's most wanted list. And you're likely eating these foods in larger quantities and more often than you may have prior to deprivation. Diet culture elicits shame. I heard a speaker at a training once say that you can tell you're on a diet if you can fail. How many diets have you failed? I've failed every diet I've ever been on, and this is coming from a woman who has lost over 200 pounds. Failure elicits all kinds of feelings in us, but a big one is shame. When talking about the food you ate, have you ever made a statement like, I've been bad today? Do you routinely put foods on good and bad lists like your Santa Claus? Do you feel like if your body could simply be smaller, all of your problems would evaporate? There are a multitude of ways that shame can represent itself. What your friend, the diet, doesn't tell you is that shame leads you right back to restriction and deprivation, which makes sense, right? Because what does a bad person deserve? Punishment. But no, really. What I'm here to tell you is, you are in an unhealthy relationship with your friend, and it's time to break up. The great news is, there are some practical ways you can start this Dear John letter. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, 
you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. The first tip that I will give is to pursue health over weight loss. Earlier, I stated that I have some patients who lose weight and others who have come to accept their bodies as they are with no loss involved. This first tip relates to both groups. It's not about whether you lose weight or not, but how you go about it. When the sole focus is weight loss, then your value is determined by the number on the scale. When you focus on health, you can focus on implementing positive behavioral changes. This can be introducing more vegetables and fruits, swapping out your soda for sparkling water, or going on more walks. All of these behaviors can lead to weight loss or not and don't need to involve a process of restriction. Remove judgments from eating. Remove the idea of good foods and bad foods and the idea that your value is based on what you eat or the size of your body. All foods serve a purpose. It's true that some foods are more nutrient-dense than others, yes, but that's not a good thing or a bad thing. If I'm focused on health, then I'm also intentional about getting my nutritional needs met while satisfying the pleasure that food can provide. This means I can eat a salad for lunch and have a serving of ice cream at night, and I haven't ruined anything. Ensure that you find a wide variety of foods that satisfy your flavor palate and your nutritional requirements. For instance, I have a huge sweet tooth, and if I solely equate that with cookies, it might be problematic for me. Instead, I know that green grapes, watermelon, and gala apples can also satisfy my sweet cravings, and it's important to add them into the rotation as well. Honor your hunger. Diet culture can make you feel like hunger is a weakness, when actually it is a way of your body communicating a need. We may have to relearn this language of our body, so it's important to have patience. One step may be understanding your cues for physical hunger, which can include growling in the stomach, thinking about food, low energy, difficulty concentrating, headaches, and a cranky mood. Honoring your hunger is also about satisfying your cravings, within reason. There are times when patients tell me they are eating plenty of food, but they aren't satiated. That is typically because they are restricting certain experiences. Remember my sweet tooth from earlier? There were times when only junk food could satisfy it. However, I went through the process of relearning and introduced new foods into my life. When honoring your hunger, you have to increase mindfulness around it. You may want to ask yourself questions about your hunger. For instance, am I craving something hot or cold, crunchy or soft? Do I want something dairy? For example, if I want something cold and sweet, that could be green grapes that I've chilled in the fridge or a bowl of gelato. 
As I've practiced becoming more mindful about food, I can tell the difference between the two. When a bowl of grapes will suffice, I eat those. And when all I want is my favorite brand of gelato, I eat that. In going on this journey, you can begin to develop a middle ground and stop the pendulum from swinging back and forth. What is a new food that you want to introduce into your life? Let me know on Instagram at KindMindPsych. You can also reach out to me via email at psychologist at quickanddirtytips.com or leave a voicemail at 929-256-2191. The Savvy Psychologist is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for this episode of Savvy Psychologist. I'll see you next week. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.